together. We've got a great guest today. I'll bring your, I'll bring your, David has been campus pastor, campus director, campus director for every nation in Clarksville, Tennessee. He's been a Christian, was one of the first people to get born again in the campus outreach. How many years ago? 14 years ago to some campus ministry that took place in Clarksville, Tennessee at Austin P University. And now, 14 years later, is getting ready to go plant a church in Birmingham, Alabama. Now, we are pumped. We are excited. We're cheering him on. You know what? I'm gonna, I'll just say this for him. He's probably nervous. He's probably scared. I remember before we moved here. It's terrifying. And we wanted to get him in here because there's nobody who can preach and speak to fear of the unknown, which is what he's getting ready to hit on, than this guy right here. And so David, uh, we're going to try to get him in a couple times before he is officially moved to Birmingham, but he moves late June. Uh, and if you know about anybody in Birmingham, this is a great person to connect him with, connect them with. David, we love you. We're excited for you. We're cheering you on. High Point Church right here, Kennesaw, Georgia. We, we are ready for you to preach and minister uh, to us this morning. You ready? Come on, brother. The mic, the mic is yours. Well, so good to be here with you guys this morning. Um, love what God has been doing um, in the midst of you guys for the past three years, going on four years, four years. So um, excited. Um, you know, like Andy was saying, literally... Um, a church decided to plant another church in Clarksville, um, and that's how I got reached. I would actually reached any church plant. So um, if there's any place um, that I really believe that God wants to reach people, it's through a church plant. And so i um, excited to be here with you again this morning. Um, I have um, three beautiful babies, a lovely wife that are at home. She's uh, holding down the fort for us. Uh, we have a redhead, a blonde, and a brunette baby. One boy and uh, two girls, and so um, with all different color eyes too. So it's crazy um, uh, the variety. We got like a rainbow family almost. So it's pretty awesome. Um, so that's just a little bit about me. Um, right now we have I think two, three families that are coming with us on this church planning trip. Again, if you know anybody who's wanting to connect in Birmingham, we would love to connect with them um, as much as possible because I believe God wants to do great things and big things. Um, in Birmingham. Um, we're probably going to be there, down there at the end of the month, so if you're going to be down in Birmingham anytime, love to connect with you also. So um, we are continuing our series about fear, um, lions, tigers, and bears, right? Oh my. Um, and this week we're going to be talking about the fear of the unknown, um, you know, and uh, we're going to actually go back to storms. You know, there's lots of different storms that come to our life. There's storms that come um, and then there's storms that go, and then there's the storms that come, and they keep coming at us. Um, and then we, we have questions in our hearts, right, when we enter into storms. We wonder, uh, why does this storm start? Why um, does God love me? Why is he allowing this storm to come into my life? Um, some, some of those storms are self-inflicted through uh, bad habits and addiction. Some of those storms are given to us by family members or other people. Um, but uh, the beauty of it is that Jesus is Lord over the storm. No matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, 
He's Lord over the storm. And so, um, you know, and part of it's just we live in a fallen world. Things happen, right? Um, I can remember a story um, actually when I was about 10 years old. Me and my brother, my dad took us fishing. How many of you all love to fish? Any fishers out here? One or two people? Great. To three. Thank you. Um, so we, we were going out on a boat, um, and, it, and it was a kind of a small, small boat. had a little trolley on it. Um, we, were, we were going um, and uh, having a good old time. Beautiful day, kind of like today. Um, and we were just really not catching anything. Um, so we were kind of growing frustrated. And then we thought, well, hey, we should probably pack up and go home. So my dad is over here cranking the motor right, uh, the little trolley motor, and for some reason, it's not working, and so we're out there, it's getting pretty hot, um, you know, we're starting to sweat a little bit, still not catching anything, just frustrated, um, and then all of a sudden, it starts, this wind starts to blow, and things start to get really, really cold, I mean, it was like out of nowhere, so, um, you know, we're thinking, okay, maybe this is a storm coming, the clouds start getting dark, you know, we start getting a little bit nervous, the motor is still not working, and we are in the middle of a lake, unable to go anywhere, and so me and my brother, you know, I'm 10, I think he's like eight, seven, eight years old. We start getting the oars and we're like rowing as hard as we can. My dad's like cranking the motor as much as he can, trying to fix it. Um, and we get a little bit of ways, but then all of a sudden the wind continues to blow and the storm becomes even more violent. And so me and my brother are rowing, we're not really getting anywhere. And then we notice that one of the oars has this little metal loop on it. So it kind of keeps the oar down. You don't have to like um, raise it up, but it has this thing that kind of pinpoints it down. Um, it started to come loose. And so that means we were pretty much going to be unable to use one of the oars. And so like the best we could do is probably go around in circles with an oar. And so we were getting really, really scared. And so all of a sudden the wind starts to blow even more and we're just nervous. We don't know what to do. Um, and that's probably the picture of what's going on in this text. I'm going to read this real quick to us. But that's what it feels like to be, be in the midst of the fear of the unknown. When you feel helpless, when you feel hopeless, you don't know what to do. Everything you've tried um, to get out of your circumstance and out of your situation and out of the storm, you've done everything and there's nothing you can do. So I'm going to read this to us. Um, this is Matthew chapter 14, uh, 22 through um, 33. It says, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After dismissing the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there all alone. But the boat was already over a mile from land, battered by the waves, because the wind was against them. And three in the morning, he came toward the, them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them, have courage. It is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered him, command me to come out to you on the water. Come, he said. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid. And he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him and said, you have little faith, why did you doubt? When they got back in the boat, the wind ceased, and those who were in the boat worshipped him and said, Truly, you are the Son of God. 
So again, just like this story, I felt like this is a very similar story. Um, you know, in studying this text, they were pretty much just trapped. This storm was not relenting. Even though Jesus was in the midst of the storm, the wind was still blowing. It was still coming at them. Um, and they're scared to death, you know. Um, and so everything they were trying to do to actually row to the end of, uh, to get to the destination was not working. Um, they were frustrated. Um, and you know, like if you're in the boat, right, with a fisherman who are used to fishing on the waters, um, your eyes are on them. You're like wondering, hey, um, if they're scared, I'm scared. And so if Peter himself and all these disciples themselves are scared, all the other disciples are going to be scared too. And so fear is just creeping in, and they don't know what they're going to do. And how many of y'all know when you watch a scary movie at night, right, you interpret things differently, right? That's why I don't watch scary movies. Um, my wife used to watch scary movies, but then we decided she shouldn't watch, because, watch them because every night um, after she watches a scary movie, she would hear something. She'd be like, hey, babe, why don't you go check that out? What is that? And so we got, I got kind of tired of that. I said, babe, we can't do scary movies anymore because i got to get some sleep. But how many of you know that when fear sets in and the fear of the unknown sets in, you begin to see things differently, right? And so when they saw this guy walking on the water, I don't know what else you would think, um, all of a sudden you cry out in fear. You're scared to death. You don't know what's going on. Jesus is not there. He's praying somewhere. You're by yourself with all the other disciples. Um, and you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, and it was lasting a lot longer than they, what they thought, right? I mean, they thought by now, Peter and Andrew, you guys should have got us to the other side, but you guys aren't really doing anything. Um, and all of a sudden, they see him walking, and Jesus declares in the midst of the storm. He doesn't speak to the storm, and it's amazing because I would say, what, Jesus, why don't you speak to the storm right now like you did last time so we could be out of the storm? But instead of speaking to the storm, you know who he speaks to? The disciples. He says, take courage, don't be afraid, it is I. You know, in the Greek translation, um, pretty much every commentary that I've looked at and read, it actually says, I am. And what that is a declaration of is basically that he's God. Um, and so, um, really, you know, if I was in the boat, I'd be like, Jesus, I'm great that you're declaring who you are over there, but how does that help me? How does that help the situation that I'm in, right? Because these waves are not stopping. I'm glad you're the great I am or whatever you say, but how does that help me? But it's amazing what Peter thought. Peter said, you know what? If you're the great I am, you know what that means for me? That means you're what I need to be able to, do, to get out and to come to you. You have everything I need to get through this situation. And so the craziest thing is that there was no way out of the storm like the, for us, sometimes there's no way out of the storm. There's no way out of the storm when your kid's in the hospital and the waves keep coming. You have a loved one that passes away. The storm continues to brew. There's no way out of the storm, but there's always a way to Jesus. And by him revealing himself as the great I am, there was hope. There was faith that, beginning to, that was beginning to build up in Peter's heart. And so I want to ask you this question. Maybe you took a new job today and you don't know if you have what it takes. The fear of the unknown is creeping into your life. And you say, I'm not smart enough. Look to the great I am because he's wiser and he has all wisdom and he knows anything and everything that will ever happen. If you say, I'm not strong enough. I'm not brave enough. The great I am has something to say to you. Everything that we lack, he has. And here's the beauty of it. He says, come. In the midst of a storm, one of the things that Jesus actually um, 
that Peter actually tells Jesus uh, is that um, one of the things that he actually tells Jesus is, Lord, I want to be with you where you are. And Jesus gave him the power to stand on that which was pushing him away, tossing him. And basically, he was walking on what was making him nervous, what was making him fearful. And he got the courage to actually get out on the water and begin to walk to Jesus. And that's a beautiful thing. Because you know what that is? That is full dependency and full trust in what the master said. More than walking on water, Peter was walking on his word. And let me tell you, God's word is so powerful and is so mighty that one simple word, come, can cause you to get out of your circumstances and to come to Jesus. But again, later on in the story, it says that the waves did not stop till Jesus actually got on the boat. So this, the waves are just as violent. Um, you know, when it says the waves were actually beating, in the bo- beating against the boat, it's actually, uh, they use this Greek word, I can't pronounce it, but um, it's basically the winds and the waves were beating so hard onto this boat that, that it was tormented, just like the demoniac. It's the same Greek word that that demoniac was tormented in his own soul. The, the boat was beating this much. And could you imagine Peter now walking on the water excited about things and fully dependent and fully trusting because he can't trust himself, right? He's a fisherman, he can swim, but he knows he can't make it unless he continues to trust God. In the fear of the unknown, God comes to you. If you feel helpless, if you feel hopeless, that actually qualifies you to know the great I am. What we need the most is not to be strong, but to hear the words of Jesus to tell us he's the great I am. He is what we need. So Peter steps out of this boat. He, again, he's walking on water. He's excited. I'm sure maybe he's looking back at the disciples and say, check this out, you know. Um, but all of a sudden, the fear creeps in. He's, the Bible says he saw the strength of the wind. He was amazed at the wind's power. He actually took his eyes off of Jesus and as, but as long as he was keeping his eyes on Jesus, as long as he was focused on the master, as long as he was trusting in that word, he could actually come to Jesus. And he felt weak in his heart. And the Bible says he began to seek, sink down deep. And one of the things that we need, why do we have small groups? Why do we have life groups? Uh, why do we have a devotional life? Why do we have friends and brothers and sisters in Christ? It's so that they can help us keep our eyes on Jesus. Why do we come to church on Sunday morning, man? It's because our eyes need to be fixed on Jesus because if they're not fixed on Jesus, all we'll ever do is be tossed to and fro in the boat without any hope, without any help. We'll feel feel powerless. But man, the fact that we can come to Jesus is a beautiful thing. And so as he's sinking, as he's thinking about his situation, he begins to cry out this cry. It's a beautiful cry. It's a small prayer. Again, you don't need big prayers long prayers for God to answer you. You just need deep, heartfelt ones. He said, Lord, save me. Out of the depths of his soul, he knew that he could not swim. He knew that he could not continue to come to Jesus unless the Lord saved him. Unless the Lord reached out his mighty hand and rescued him. The beauty of it is he's closer than we, what we think. He's more faithful than what we believe. And it's in the fear of the unknown that God made himself known, but also in the fear of the unknown, he kept his eyes on Jesus. The beauty of it, 
Peter realized that in this moment, he's not just going to be the Lord over the storm. He's going to be my Lord. It's one thing to know in theory, right, that Jesus is Lord over all creation. It's another thing for your own soul to cry out, Lord. And this is what he's realizing. This is what he's crying out. Let me ask you, have you done that yet? Have you cried out from the depths of your soul, Lord, save me? Have you looked at your circumstances? Have you looked at your situation and your hopeless and said, Lord, save me? In fact, the weakness allows God's power to come. It doesn't disqualify you. It qualifies you. That's the beauty of Christianity. That's the beauty of the gospel. In my weakness, when I have no righteousness of my own, when I don't feel like I can make it, Lord, I cried. I remember uh, being on the college campus wondering um, if God would save me one day, wondering if I would ever be good enough, wondering if I would ever measure up, and then coming across a little book and a, and a group of people who were preaching the gospel and discovering that it was not my own works that would save me, that it was Christ's work that would save me. And I realized by his mighty right hand, he picked me up out of my sin and out of my shame and set me on his rock. He set me on the rock. And I remember just streams, tears of Streams of tears flowing down my face because the Lord saved me. He became my Lord that day. He became my Savior that day. He became the one who reached out. You know, before I was, used to look to my goodness to save myself. I looked to my circumstances. I looked to what I can do. But how many of you know that when God saves you for the first time, but saves you many times in your circumstances, through situations, that your eyes are never more on him and when he reaches out and grabs you, when he reaches out and saves you. You see, before Peter was trying to keep his eyes, and that's a great principle, and we should do that. We should do our best to keep our eyes on Jesus. But let me tell you, the delivering power that Christ comes to rescue us, to, to pick us up, even when we have little faith, little faith is enough to call on Jesus. Little faith is enough to believe that he's our Lord. Little faith, if that's all we got, use it. Because that's going to be the rescuing power of God. And God lifted him up that day. And I don't know where you're at, but if you just have an ounce of faith today, if you just have a little faith because you've encountered the great I am, all you got today is do today is say, Lord, save me. He is more faithful than any of us. Especially when we step out in faith, we want to be with him. Man, that's the beauty of Jesus. He is not going to let us sink. He's not going to let us falter in that. You know, again, sometimes um, the storms don't stop and they keep coming at us. I can remember for me a personal story um, is that about two years ago, um, we had a miscarriage. Um, one day before our baby was to be born, um, he ended up passing away. Um, we had bought all of his little clothes. We had hoped uh, we had a name for him. His name was Gabriel. Um, we were very excited. Um, his little brother and little sister were very expectant, um, very excited. Actually, my son was kind of a little bit mad because it was not, uh, well, I'm sorry, I take that back. Our daughter was a little bit mad because it was not a sister. And so, um, but our, my, 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 my firstborn son, man, he was super excited, excited. He was going to have a brother to play ball with, excited, all this stuff. I was excited that I was going to have to get to hold a baby again. Um, and then all of a sudden, the storm hit. And the storm didn't stop. I mean, for over two years, we're crying out. For over two years, we're wondering, God, we know you're good, but help us to know you are good. Save our soul. 
Help us to understand. Help us to lift us up. And I can remember one specific time I'm in, you know, just in my backyard praying, um, just in deep, deep pain and asking God the Father, Father, it hurts so bad to lose my son. It hurts so bad. You know what he spoke to me? He said, I know what it's like to lose a son. And all of a sudden, even though I don't know why I didn't know why my son died, I don't know why all this stuff happened. All, all of a sudden, man, my soul began to lift up. I began to, he began to just minister to me. He said, I know what it's like to lose a son, but I know what it's like to raise him up. And the hope of the resurrection and what the Bible teaches about the new life that one day we'll have and the longing for the return of Jesus entered into my life. You know why? Because he's the great I am. That was a situation too. After Lazarus had passed away, Jesus said, do you believe in the resurrection? He said, I do. He said, yes, we believe in the resurrection. Jesus declared, I am the resurrection. For those of you that have had people pass away, for those of you know the deep pains of loss, Jesus says to you today, I'm the resurrection and the life. That's the beauty of it. The crazy thing is, again, the storm didn't stop till after they got in the boat. So here they are. I mean, could you imagine? I don't know what was going on. Maybe he was holding Peter's hand. Maybe he was carrying him. Like, you know, you can Google different images on, like, what was going on. We don't know. The Scripture doesn't say. Um, I like to think he was carrying him. So they get back into the boat, and the storm actually ceases and stops. The first time, if you would remember, um, is that Jesus actually spoke to the storm, and they looked at him, and they said, Who is this man? that even the winds and waves obey him. They were astonished. And the scripture says they were actually more scared of Jesus than the storm itself. But this time there's a different confession. This time there's a bigger revelation. Why does God, why do all these storms come? I don't know. But here's what I do know is that he desires for our eyes to be so fixed on him because we need a revelation greater than who is this man. We need a revelation that confesses what they confess and worships the way that they worship. They said, truly, you are the Son of God. Truly, you are the Son of God. I just imagine this right now. I just want to pray for us. If I could have somebody come up and just play some worship music a little bit. You know, our great hope can really be seen. You know, the question is, will God, answer, will God answer me? Will he hear me? And if we'll look back to the cross, we'll remember this, is that God had an ultimate storm. A storm that blew so hard that made the Son of God sweat drops of blood. A storm that he was not saved from, but that God the Father smited him. When he called out in the midst of this storm, there was no answer. He sank down deep in the depths of God's wrath for us so that we would know for sure why would God not answer his Son? Because all the sin of the world was being put on him. There was no rescue from the storm. He was rescuing us. He reached down, crushed his own son so that we could know. The gospel tells us that when he was not heard, that we know that we will be heard. He welcomes us today. 
If he saved us when we were enemies, how much more will he not rescue his sons and daughters? Whatever you need to be rescued from in your helplessness, and your hopelessness, whether that's an addiction, whether that's you're facing a new job, a new relationship, you're wondering, how am I gonna make this? Am I smart enough? Am I good enough? Am I beautiful enough? Am I strong enough? Jesus speaks to you today. I am the great I am, and I am with you. So Lord, today I just thank you. We just confess with all the other disciples right now. Jesus, you are the Son of God. You are the Son of God. Sometimes it's good to just just ponder what God is doing in your heart. I love what David spoke to us and it just resonated in my own heart. God, I know that you're good. But Lord, I'm praying that you would help me know that you are good. See, sometimes there are things that we know in our in our minds. We know it to be true, but we don't necessarily know it to be true in our hearts. And sometimes that causes, that's where there, there's fear of the unknown, fear of what's going to happen, fear of being able to trust God and His goodness. But be reminded this morning, Jesus is more faithful than you will ever know. He's more faithful than your most faithful friend. He's more faithful than a paycheck. He's more faithful than your job. He's more faithful even than a spouse, your best friend, your closest this. There is no one or no thing as full of faith, as faithful as Jesus. And even when you and I are not. Jesus is always faithful. might be some places in your own life where you feel like you're just sinking. And you need to experience God's faithfulness. You lost a loved one. You need to know God's faithfulness. Scared of tomorrow. And you need to know His faithfulness. Would you just stand to your feet right now, church? Sometimes there are moments where we need to individually raise our hands and respond or get out of our seats and come down front. But the truth is, church, I don't know that there's any person that doesn't need to know God more fully to encounter him in a greater life-changing way for the for God for knowing God here but learning to know him here in your heart. And so what I'm not going to do is pray for you. We're going to pray together today. Would you do this? Let's confess this. Jesus, I thank you that you're good. I thank you that you're always good. Help me to know it. Help me to remember it. Help me to put my faith in you. Lord, I cry out to you now. 
Lord, save me. You are my great friend. You are my king. You are my Lord. And you are my savior. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Jesus is good. He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our praise. And sometimes we need sweet moments and tender moments like this just to be reminded of the presence of God. Whatever storm you might be in, whatever thing you might be afraid of, I want you to know that Jesus has got you covered. He's got you. And to say what David said, I'm going to repeat it back to you. You may not always have a way out of a storm, but you always have a way to Jesus. Always. Amen. Father, be with us. We love you and we worship you. Fill our hearts this morning as we leave this place. Help us to not only be changed, but to be bold and faithful to share what you've done with the people around us. God, we thank you. Amen.